Greetings, comedy film nerd citizens. Welcome to episode 316. My name, Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about Everybody Wants Some, Miles Ahead, and some cool uh, DVD and Blu-rays, and some interesting movies coming out this weekend. We're also going to be talking about the Doc Generation Iron. Yes. Um, Pump it. Pump it. (laughs) We want you guys. (laughs) So we're going to pause right now and take a protein shake. (laughs) Um, God knows I had mine this morning. Uh, So yeah, guys, this is our weekly movie review show where Chris and I bring in usually a comedy friend of ours, sometimes somebody who works in the film industry, and we talk about movies. Um, Some announcements? A couple of announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a big earbuds announcement. Yes, soon. very soon. This is the tease. We will be premiering at a film festival, and we will be telling you which one uh, very, very shortly. Very shortly. Yeah, we yeah. like teases. Yeah, so everything's on track now. We're great. The movie, like we said, it's done. Uh, we're going through the festival um, circuit. We're just starting that. And then uh, distrib- distribution and then rewards. So you guys will be getting your rewards in a couple months for sure. For sure. For sure. I'd like to say fall, I guess. Yeah, I definitely. It, it will um, coincide remarkably, most likely, with the uh, next festival. <laughs> Probably about that same time. We could have some shit for sale at yeah. PodFest. That would be golden. Uh, which is interesting because it's not like we planned it that way. It just looks like it's going to happen mm-hmm. that way. Um, but yeah, I guess we could we can announce a couple more shows that uh, we have confirmed for Los Angeles Podcast Festival. Yes. Uh, Your Mom's House with uh, Christina Pazinski and her husband Tom Segura is in. Um, who else did we get? We got some other fun, delicious shows. Todd Glass, Never Not Funny. Um, of course, Welcome to Night Vale. Yes, and we're still working on confirming some other uh, big ones. Right. So check. Uh, go to LAPodFest.com. The early bird uh, tickets uh, and the kind of early bird tickets are already sold out, guys. The tickets. So we only have regular birds left. <laughs> only regular birds. Uh, so we have, you know, the tickets sold out last year. Um, it's been, uh, you know, a, a lot of stuff. And we will be doing the pay-per-view again this year, too, if you can't come and see it live. Right. Um, did Allison Rosen confirm? Allison Rosen confirmed, yes. Allison Rosen confirmed. Oh, mm-hmm. snap. Um, Paul Gilmartin's Mental Illness Happy Hour is, is doing it. Uh, Steel Wars uh, is going to be in the festival. So, you know, we're going to keep adding people. Get your hotel rooms and get your... Um, Get your your weekend passes. We've already started selling some Saturday passes. We haven't even announced. I the know. I, I think that's uh, that's amazing. I don't think that's ever happened before no. either. This is the earliest a week a day pass has ever right. gone out. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Saturday, I'm there. I'm there. Doesn't matter who's there. I know it's going to mm-hmm. be packed. All yeah, day. it will. It will, uh, and it will, and they want the stand up show. Yeah. Um, what other announcements do we have, Chris? Um, those were the main ones. No, we have. Uh, uh, we're working on everything else, like you said, the festival and the film, and you know, we're uh, con- oh, I know, we have a new Dana Gould T-shirt. Ooh. Yes, this is oh, the. Oh no, you uh, didn't. Yeah, <laughs> is that what it shirt says? <laughs> is it Dana Gould? Talk to the hand. Yeah, yeah, Dana Gould's rolling his eyes right now. He didn't even hear that. He just like somebody said something it. dumb about my he shirt. Just, he was yeah. walking down the street. And went, oh god! Like he just got a weird, creepy feeling in his hand. So uh, it's a really cool design by Ben Walker. This is. Um, it's like a, he's an opera singer in it. That's so, awesome. And uh, they were pre-ordered. Dana accidentally announced it too early and then immediately got emails. It's not up at Comedy Film Nerds yet. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. So, uh, so I got an email from Jeff going, Dana announced it, but we don't have them yet. Uh, but we, now we do. As of today, they are ready for sale and they're, they're in stock. 
Dana Gould. Um, you can buy a whole myriad of Dana Gould products. We can. Now there's three different designs now for t-shirts for Dana. Outstanding. There's a whole bunch of Doug Benson CDs. There's there are. Everything you could want. TJ Miller has stuff on this site. We do. And the, we have some great signed headshots. Uh, from TJ Miller. Yeah. That if you buy any of his thing, it's an yeah, old we'll headshot. Yeah. It's like, and he makes fun of his face in every single. That's all he does. It's uh, a, uh, s- signature, yeah. If you buy a TJ Miller thing, there's a photo of him making fun of himself. Right, we'll it's send good, it. It's good business. <laughs> um, introduce the guest. Yes. Come on. Uh, we are re- very happy to have this guest back. He hasn't been on in a little bit, but he's also a writer for comedy film nerds and had his own podcast, Professor Blastoff. But that is no longer. However, he's continued with his new podcast called Space Cave. Ladies and gentlemen, David Huntsberger. Well, what a succinct intro. Thank you. <laughs> we want to be the most succinct podcast, if nothing else. <laughs> you really nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> succinct. You get it here. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag succinct. Yeah. Um, good luck spelling it. Yeah. Um, so uh, so uh, give us what happened with, with Professor Blastoff. Well, Which was a great podcast. Thank you, yeah. I, I, I guess there are a handful of them that are out there now that, like, walking the room that are no longer around, right. where in music it took bands, like, 20 years to be like, hey, we're breaking up, and then they'd have these reunion tours or something like that. We don't have any plans to do that, and I don't see it happening. And that wasn't... Uh, it wasn't like... I would imagine those bands just get sick of each other. It right. wasn't really that with us. It was just... Everyone got a little, mostly Tig got too busy to where she felt like she couldn't give the right amount of attention to the show. Sure. And, uh, and then we kind of toyed around with the idea of keeping it going in a different capacity. And then like a band, it just felt like, ah, it's, it's a three piece. So rather than just Kyle and I continuing or, or trying to like bring in someone new, we just sort of put it to rest. Um, and then I, 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 I like podcasting and I, I had done so much, uh, this feels like a press conference or something. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. Yeah. Well, thank you all like for being here. I was mesmerized by the story. Wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, shh, let him finish. Well, honestly, I got to be honest. It's a, it's a succinct. Yeah. It, oh yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was being very succinct. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I just kept, you know, the, the, the day-to-day, I don't know, whatever the, the work element that goes into doing a podcast. Sure. When you're in the habit of doing that, I think the worst thing you can do is just like stop and then be like, ah, in a year or two, I'll get it back together. Right. Because you know, when you start to think about it, you're like, that was a lot of stuff. It's a lot that goes into like booking and scheduling yeah. and organizing. Mm-hmm. So just keeping it going, I just started this new thing that I've really enjoyed doing and doing it very low-key. Like there's no network. It's just me. And, right. But I really like it. I just, the conversation. And that's... Uh, what I really enjoyed about podcasting in the beginning, you know, like the network angle, the more popular they become, it becomes a little bit like television. You got to have like a hook and things like that. And I liked it more where it's just free form, like, Oh, here are conversations that I like having. Um, so I have some beers with people and, and chat about, you know, I've had like people that are, you know, I have like PhDs that went to Yale and things like that. I mean, is it really, a science leaning podcast? Yeah, for the I mean, it's it's what you would like. So my part in Professor Vostoff was very like keep it on track. Talk, you know, I was I love science. I mean, I really want I want to know just about the world at large. Mm-hmm. And you know, science is probably the best way, best language we have to explain that. But, but can't the Bible tell you that? Bible, <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a great point. And <laughs> as this cross here I'm wearing will show you, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I do want to talk to like theology people and, sure. and, uh, and I've had, you know, just artists on musicians and people like that. Cause I think they have, 
usually like a weird association. Different perspective. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So I, it's there's really no like, oh, I, I couldn't have you on. I can only have mm-hmm. physicists or something. It's right. not like that. I just, I prefer when people have some area of fascination, you know? Like, oh, right. So like, uh, like on Blast Off when, we, when you talked about like samurai stuff and things like that, mm-hmm. like those to me are conversations are, I still really enjoy. Yeah. I just did a little call in for the episode right now. Oh yeah, yeah still gonna get you on to talk about yeah. like movies and stuff, which Absolutely, we never got yeah. to do with Blast Off. But mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. So I do a call in thing at the beginning, and Chris was the one this time. But usually, what it is is I just tweet like who wants to chat, and someone will tweet me their number, and so I'll call a complete stranger, which I really like. That's then, awesome. Oh, cool. It's fun, yeah. Because like pe- sometimes people just want to rail against like politics. Other times they're just kind of like, hey, what's going on? But sometimes like. There was this girl on one of the first episodes that was like, I'm walking to meet someone who used to be my friend who I caught making out with my boyfriend at the time at a party. And we're coming, we're going to like reconcile. Wow. And that was pretty fascinating to me. She didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I was like, everyone on earth has their little A story. Or right. and so to be a part yeah. of this podcast kind of little B story, they all interweave in a cool way that I want to check back in like months or years later and see like, mm-hmm. whatever happened with that? And so that part's been pretty cool. So cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. So that's space cave. And yeah. how often do you do it? Once a week? Once, once a week. It comes out every Monday, the spacecave.com. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I like it. If you like the sound of this voice you're hearing, that's <laughs> the place to get more. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, let's talk about some movies. Right, I want to talk about everybody wants some. Um the reason I saw this movie too wasn't my first choice. Um Jungle Book, the family wants to go see it, so we're gonna see it this coming weekend. And Green Room was not playing anywhere near me. Now, right. I will say that there's been a lot of like good buzz about both Jungle Book and Green yeah. Room. And uh, Neil said the same thing. He had the same reaction as I did to the trailer. I'm like, well, it looks okay. It could be bad. But then we found out it was the director of like Blue Ruin. He's like, oh, this I, I'm in. I can't wait to well, see Well, now it. I have to see Blue Ruin. Like, everyone, yeah, exactly. I want to see that Blue one, too. Now. If they build yeah. it up too much, I don't think it'll live up to your expectations. <laughs> we got, you definitely have to temper it down, possibly. I feel like they really wanted Zach Galifianakis to play that guy. Because the guy wasn't dynamic to me. The story is interesting, but he, to me, didn't. I hate to like talk negatively, but I thought he did well, but I couldn't help but think because he looks kind of like Zach. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Blue Ruin? Blue talking- Ruin, yeah, the main yeah. guy. In the beginning, he has like the same color hair, a beard, and he's kind of, he's just like kind of shiftless. Like, like a- it went down in the breakdown, Zach Galifianakis type. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> uh, I liked it though. I, I thought the movie was mm-hmm. good and it, and it has an interesting kind of, it's saying something. So, and I will say this too. I get really excited. I am so happy when this happens, when like it's a mediocre trailer and then the movie ends up being really good. Right. Because so often the opposite happens. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is like a discovery. This, so I'm excited to see both of these movies now. Yeah. Okay. After I was not sold on either trailer at all. So, all right. Um, I wonder if more people are going to start doing, or if people are purposely doing that where it's just like aerial font. A couple of shots that make no sense. They're not congruent. <laughs> and then just the title of the movie. Because when you go see a movie like that where you have no idea, like, what was that? And it surprises you. It's way better. <clears throat> and everyone's always complaining about, like, I just saw the whole movie. You yeah, saw yeah, every I good part in the trailer. I completely agree. Uh, and I think, I think what happens, too, is if the trailer – if I see the whole movie – I w- there's got to be statistics to show. Oh, you drove, you ruined sales. You hurt sales yeah. by making this long and dumb of a trailer mm-hmm. where people just went, eh, yeah. versus what the fuck was that? Yeah. yeah. Let me yeah, see yeah. it. I got to see what that is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, all right. So, and I went to see Everybody Wants Some. 
And this is the Richard Linklater movie. I will say I'm a huge fan of Richard Linklater. I absolutely loved Boyhood. And now in a lot of people, it definitely was mixed. Like some people loved it. Some people didn't yeah. really like it as much. But Can I, what if we try a trailer uh, guess from, did you see the trailer? Yeah. What do you think the movie, I, what I didn't like about the trailer in this, sorry to jump in, but I think no, this ahead. is interesting that we were just talking mm-hmm. about trailers. In that movie, or in the trailer, they show this guy who's like, Pretty good looking. Mm-hmm. He goes to school and he's supposed to be kind of an outcast. Right. Then in the trailer they show like the girls like him. He has no problems, no trouble with anything. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be that weird kind of, there are no stakes for him. Like everything's working well, out. Well, what's interesting is that trailer was very representative of the film. Where <laughs> it was really, it just kind of meandered. It didn't go anywhere. And it's interesting, if you break down Richard Linkletter's movies, you could really say, well, they're talky. Not a lot happens, and uh, and you could say that about all the movies. So, what makes one of them excel, whereas another one it falls yeah. flat? It's like that magic of filmmaking yeah. that you can't really, you know, identify or, or codify scientifically. Like, you know, <laughs> you, th- these are the same exact beats you're doing in every single movie. It's like you're trying to have breakout new cast members you're yeah. it, it's talky it's period it's um coming of age all those things but now why does it work here and why does it not work here because this is and it was billed as a follow-up to days to confuse a little bit right it it was weird where it was it was kind of the same old but it was also like boyhood where boyhood kind of ended with the kid going to college and this starts with a kid oh, going okay. to college like it's it's the the whole movie takes place the first couple of days before classes mm-hmm. he gets into his you know his, his baseball house because it's all it's a baseball team mm-hmm. and he meets the other guys there and then they have their quote adventures you know you <laughs> know they drink to me like and, uh, a poor version of summer catch which is saying a lot yeah, <laughs> <laughs> catch. yeah. well i will say there's with matthew lillard yes, the boys. Wow. there's very little baseball in this movie it's more them uh, okay. you know talking to each other but that's the, a freddie prince jr movie wow. better believe it is and nice. a young jessica beale mm-hmm. fred ward is in it uh, oh it was a hot young cast way to pull yeah. that one out well it's about a rich girl whose family summers on cape cod has a romance with a local poor boy who hopes to become a major league baseball player wow yeah. oh man it's just all the right moves but for baseball totally yes. love it love it wow written by a marketing computer <laughs> <laughs> that's um, so great so, oh, I miss Freddie Prinze Jr. <laughs> <laughs> he would I'm crank sure, a couple out of yeah, here. I'm, yes, he I'm would. sure there's a Scooby-Doo one in. <laughs> Scooby-Doo was a departure. Because the ones <laughs> that you're talking about where he was always just this charming guy in yeah. a situation where you're like, who would care about this? Oh, evidently lots of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough that he's going to make these every year. And then he didn't even like, they grew up. show business. Well, yeah, his, his yeah. audience grew up. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, eh. he's like, well, I can't still keep making these movies. No, I hear you can't. His heart. Maybe he's. Like, I think he actually like, from what I've understood, man. Who knows what actually happened? But I heard he kind of just went, eh. I got plenty of money. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. What if he does like a Jackie Earl Haley re like rebirth? I would love to like, see that. That'd be oh, awesome. Yeah, like 2025, really cool. he's going to come right. back yeah. as this cagey old, <laughs> yeah. you know, private like Bruce Dern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna he's balding and just he's gonna do like a Freddy taxi Prince. driver yeah, kind Freddy of thing. Prince Jr. Yeah. That's right. Give him a little princey. <laughs> Give him a little princey. <laughs> a little princey Jr. You want a little taste of that now? 
It's me, Princey J. <laughs> I'm 50. I'm back and I'm 50. Yeah. I need a role now as a cab driver. Yeah, just yeah. a gritty. Get me, get like, back in it. Good luck, kid. They'll always fuck you in the end, you know? Just, you know, when I was a kid, this guy used to make some pretty boy movies, but yeah. I'll tell you. Oh, really, Dad? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was pretty boy rock Yeah, Baseball guy, Scooby Doo, the whole shot. Baseball guy. He's married to Buffy. Prom guy. <laughs> Bunch of prom guys. Bunch of prom guys. Bunch of kids from the wrong side of tracks. Yeah. So anyway, so everybody, anyway wants everybody wants some. I, I will say the other thing, too, about every Richard Linklater movie, there is no reason at all to see this, any of his films on a big screen. You know, yeah. they're all small, quiet moments. It's a lot of people talking, and it, it's actually made more for watching at home, I think, his movies, like mm-hmm. more intimate right. kind of thing. So, I wonder if Waking Life, or not, yeah, Waking Life would have been a good theater experience. Well, that was pretty crazy. That's that interesting. One, yeah. That's interesting, just because the the story, I mean, you... Let me look that up. Let me look up. I bet you. if you went to, like, a, a theater that didn't have a lot of people in it, that everyone right. was real quiet, that'd be real fun. That'd be probably a, a different trippy, experience. Fun animation. Yeah. Um, so well, that's a good point, actually, because... Cool animation actually is is kind of a treat on the big screen because I think as kids we're sort of used to animation being right. on the small screen and mm-hmm. that's sort of how you watch it and even even today a kids animated kids movie yeah you might take them to the theater but you might just wait till it's on DVD or mm-hmm. VOD yeah. and show your kids that way so and then a, and then a sort of an adult themed animation movie is really. I think that's a good call. I think Waking Life might so be too. pretty good on a big because screen. Because it is so slow. I remember you know, like, seeing it, yeah, at home, too. I didn't see it on a, uh, a big screen. So I'll bet it, I'll bet it would look interesting right. mm-hmm. on a big screen. So now this movie, the one thing that I, I was trying to pinpoint it, like I said, it's very difficult to pinpoint where this movie went wrong. <laughs> uh, and, and it fell flat. And I think one of the things was a lot of his movies, even though they're quiet and they show you those quiet moments in life that actually have more poignancy, Mm -hmm. there is some philosophy, there's insight and all those things. This movie had very little of that. It was just a bunch of like, all right, now they're going to be drinking, now they're going to a different bar, now they're trying to get laid, and now they're playing on the baseball team. It, it, It didn't have the insider depth that his other movies had, like a lot of times they're deceptive. Like you watch some of his other movies, even like Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. There's more stuff going on there than all right, all right, all right. Yeah, you know? definitely. And, and, on, and this one I felt like he was just kind of like walking, well, I'm just going to make an 80s version of, you know, stuff, my other movies. Like, <laughs> like it really felt like there's not as much went into this as, as the other films. Like just the, you know, the dialogue, um, you know, before sunrise, before sunset, you know, there was a, just a, a lot of time and effort that went into, cause it was literally two people talking for 90 minutes. This felt like we're just going to go kind of from sketch to sketch. We're going to make fun of each of these guys in a different way. Uh, like, you know, there's like the hayseed guy, player that's, that they make fun of. And, also uh, in summer catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> That's uh, um, from you know from, far from too the, much the about summer yeah. catch. I gotta be honest with if you. So. I'm being honest. I can watch movies like that all day. Right? Like there's just a perfect like. I just want something. Everyone has mm-hmm. that. Right? But yeah. My, I mm-hmm. think it's great. Uh, great soundtrack. The one thing that was interesting too is that this this went like it was like early '80s, so it was kind of the transition from '70s to '80s. So you still had a disco, but then you also had a a uh, like a punk club and they would go to each and I'm like okay well they're just kind of touring different clubs and getting drunk this is mm-hmm. you know do, do you think though chris that this was richard linkletter going i want to just do a straight comedy 
No, because it was still, you still had those kind of like dramatic moments. Oh. There was some laugh out loud funny moments, but also there was some drama, but it, it lacked that depth that comes with his other films. And uh, I was reading some trivia and it said he left the incredible Mr. Limpet remake to make this film. And even though I didn't like this film, I'm still thinking that may not be a, may not have been a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, because who's Don Knotts? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that who's Mr. Yeah, Limpet? yeah. I mean, who the, on earth? turns into the fish. There's yeah. no, maybe Steve Buscemi. That could be the only guy I think that would have the charm potentially. And the weird voice. The to weird play. voice and who the silly look. Who can play look. that guy? Yeah, yeah, no one. I don't think anyone can be like First this all, dude who loves fish. The, the, I mean, the words Incredible like Mr. The, Limpet remake never should be it's said. Like Christ- <laughs> it's like a Christopher Walken type. Like there's yeah. no such uh-huh. thing. There's, yeah. there's Don Knotts. There's Don Knotts and there's Christopher Walken and there aren't carbon copies of them. <laughs> and, and you also think like, what... Um, what executive is going, we're making an incredible Mr. Limpet remake. Get me Richard Linkletter. Yeah. <laughs> Top of the list. Yeah. Get Dickie Links on the phone. I appreciate that they didn't do it with Tim Burton, though. Because that would, I think, be the top of the list, and then everyone would You know who was probably like, at the top of the list that said no immediately? Brad Bird. Yeah. Because he, he would actually, um, I, I can't, I'd actually like to see what he would do with it, but he's like, <laughs> I'm too busy. Come on. I'd love to be just in the waiting room of the audition for a bunch of Don Knotts types. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, is this water for you? <laughs> 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 oh God! Oh. And then uh, you know the 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 theme of Mr. Limpet was at the end we're going to weaponize fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Poo. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let me see if I got this right. You know a lot about summer catch, and you can do a really good Don Knotts. So I'm just trying to see if we got Hudsberger dialed in yet. Every time we learn something new about you, buddy. I mean, no- there are many pieces to the puzzle. <laughs> so I, I think this movie, in conclusion, even fans of Linkletter would be hard pressed to really say it was amazing. It's it's definitely it misses the mark. There's some good moments in it, but it's it's by far not. But it, his is, best but it is the thing though. Like he's one of those directors. If you're a fan of his movies, yeah. you'll go see. You'll, it. you'll find mm-hmm. something to like in there for sure. Uh, but uh, it's it, it's it looked too. It's his hateful eight. It's his hateful All right, that makes sense. Yeah. So, Real quick though, David, what would uh, Don Knotts be like in Summer Catch? What would what would <laughs> Slider. <laughs> yeah, I had me on the O2 pitch there. <laughs> I went down swinging. Right, boys? <laughs> Hashtag Don Knotts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don Knotts, he's the coach. I love it. Or if, like he's the first base he's coach. He's just a struggling right field guy that's always striking out. And then yeah. the end when they need a hit in the final scene. Oh, I really came through there. <laughs> <laughs> chips a bunt down the left field line. Yeah, and like he trips and that's how he's safe. He like bumbles into being safe while then the other guy runs home or something yeah, like yeah. that. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> just like I planned it. <laughs> 
<laughs> when I woke up this morning, I didn't think I was going to hear a Don Me Knotts either. impression. Me either. <laughs> no, <Wow>. I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you bring up summer catch in this. I thought Don Adams, maybe. I was, yeah. I was expecting yeah, I was a Don Adams. Today yeah. felt like a Don Adams yeah. day. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> uh, but Can the, you do Don Adams from Get Smart? No. <laughs> I don't even. Not, the voice doesn't even come to my head. He I just, I don't know. He's, sorry about that, Chief. Yeah, see, I can't wow, do it either. That wasn't bad. Yeah. Though. Is, he, is he who like Wiggum is based on? Uh, no, no. He's. Uh, it was a very specific. Uh, uh, I love Don Adams. Yeah, it was great. All right, sorry to let you down there, guys. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> show just right, lost right a lot time. of steam. <laughs> yeah. It's right time code. We're right cutting down the this time out. code. We'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> the thing in the trailer for to 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 really. Um, talk about who everybody wants something that I only saw the trailer for it turned me off that Randall Pink Floyd is charming there's something about his like I can't decide what I want to do and right. yeah girls like him and you'll you're totally cool with that like mm-hmm. ah, he's skinny and he smokes pot and why wouldn't they like him but the guy in Summer Catch just or not <laughs> Summer Catch too. sorry <laughs> uh, he seemed too like, like everything seemed to be going for him and the lighting is very bright it looks very clean and crisp there wasn't there was no mood to it mm-hmm. no it's it, it, it's yes <laughs> everything you're you're uh, uh, taking away from the trailer is how the movie was um, so now Graham you saw Miles Ahead um yeah, I I really like this movie for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons. Documentary about Miles Teller. <laughs> yes, it seems a little early, but it may. I don't know. It made sense uh, seven years ago. Um, it, it was so. It's a Miles Davis documentary that Don Chadle helped write and he directed, and he obviously plays Miles Davis. I love this movie. I mean, I should you know full disclosure. I'm a giant jazz and Miles Davis fan, so it was really cool for me to be like. Oh, that's the session with Kind of Blue. There's Gil Evans. Like, oh my God. Like, I was oh, nice. I was doing that a little bit. But first of all, Don Chadle is, is a really good actor. He does uh, a great Miles Davis, if you've ever seen any interviews. And the bulk of the movie, well, not the bulk of it, but but I'd say probably 60, 70% is Miles Davis in the late 70s. Um, but then he flashes back to various points in his life like recording you know kind of blue or on the road and but and they didn't do that weird thing they did with like the beach boy one where it played by different actors no what no was it? it was him well because it was very easy i mean it's an it's it's you're lucky in the sense that early miles davis just had short hair right i was gonna say mm-hmm. that's the better call saul method you gotta age someone down add more hair right. yeah that's it that's it so then so then late miles davis is all long and kind of crazy hair mm-hmm. and stuff like that so um the th- one of the things I really liked about this movie, and it might be a, a, a cinematic choice that, that Don Chadle made that might not, some people might not like it. I liked it in this because he does these kind of flashbacks and everything kind of molds in because the movie starts out, so it's late 70s, Miles Davis. He hasn't recorded an album in almost five years. He's become this sort of recluse. Um, and Ian McGregor plays a Rolling Stone reporter who's like, you know, trying to get the story and kind of sneaks in and breaks into his place, kind of forces himself in and he's, and he, he calls in a recorder. Oh my God, this is where the genius layer is. And it's, and it's all disheveled. And he's like, he's become the Howard Hughes of jazz because <laughs> that's sort of what was happening. And, and so there's this, the, that storyline, the 1978 or 79 storyline is, um, there's this, he recorded these sessions and Columbia, his record label is like, we want, we need to release this album and he won't. And they're trying to get him. Um, 
It was his Chinese democracy. Uh, Guns and Roses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is his Chinese democracy. Uh, so, so then, but then he and and he's like he's on drugs and he's you know it's it's he's going through. But then he has these crazy flashbacks, and a lot of it is really um, he's flashing back to um, to his relationship with Francis Taylor, um, and. Because he has like regret over that and stuff, and so, but but it sort of molds one into another, and I liked it for two reasons. One, it isn't the sort of we've talked about this before in the show, the paint by numbers biopic. You know, it's like you show him as a kid and he picks up a trumpet. Oh wow, he's amazing! Yeah. And then you show mm-hmm. him as in the army, as or whatever. Like you know, I mean, Miles Davis, but he like getting yelled at by his music teacher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you stick to the notes, Miles. You know, like I'll do what I want. <laughs> this kid will never go anywhere. You know, it's solemn, like putting the trumpet in the case, and I just don't have the money or the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll um, never recognize this dream. Hey, kid, want to make an album? Like, <laughs> who are you? I'm Jim Coltrane. You can call me John. Whoa! Like, so they didn't. They didn't do that thing. It 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 takes place right before his rebirth. His um, uh, where he gets into. I think this one maybe when he made Bitches Brew or whatever. But um, so. So I liked that, that it didn't just go paint by the numbers. And then it also, the thing I liked about it is it kind of goes in and out and it's very, you know, he was one of the more amazing improvisational musicians that have ever lived. And Don Chadle is kind of doing that. He's kind of going in and out. And so Miles Davis was a a classically trained musician Mm -hmm. and he was so good at, at, you know, traditional music that's and was just a brilliant guy that he could like you can only um break a convention if you're well versed in it right you can't just like i'm gonna do what i want you have to learn it and then say let's let's break this and try something it's like everyone now just jumps straight into alternative comedy their first open mic they don't they've never seen like the whole traditional comedy well just if you study like so if you're classically trained that means like you study music theory music history you Mm -hmm. gotta get up to speed on like here's everything that's happened every note every you gotta do all your scales you gotta train 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 i you know I remember um, one of my my father was a college professor, and one of his friends was a science professor. And he would tell his his science grad students, he'd go, "You think you're working hard? Go watch the music grad students. What they have to do." Mm-hmm. And and so, if you want to be a sitcom writer, you'd be a better one if you watch Cheers and Seinfeld. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, if you know what comes before. Mm-hmm. No, but that's a good point though. Going to the alternative comedy thing, I remember when that first started happening in the '90s, and all these like young comics, like I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna just look at my notepad. I was like, no, it was a bunch of comics like Pat Oswald and everybody all went on the road and did shitty bar gigs and did late show Fridays in mm-hmm. front of bachelorette parties and had an office party and all these, you know, some yeah. dipshit from the office thinking he's funny. Yeah, went through all that crap got heckled for being too political in the middle of the country or whatever. <laughs> right. And then said, fuck, I want to try something else. I want to, mm. I want to take traditional standup and do it differently. And you had to go on the road for years to be able to just do that. Yeah. Every Louis CK has done the road. Every traditional comic has gone and done a thousand gigs. Mm-hmm. And so that's, what was great in terms of Don Chadle's directorial style is he really mm-hmm. weaved in visually how Miles Davis would just, 
traditional jazz and then would just like go in a completely different direction. And he, and also I think he was trying to show like the head of Miles Davis in the late seventies. He's kind of going a little nuts. He's doubting himself. There's also drugs. He regrets like ruining marriages and shit like that. And, but is also, you know, the, Hey, you're such a genius. It, 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 he hates it Mm -hmm. because he, you know, he's like looking at his trumpet, like, fuck you. You know, he's like yelling at his trumpet. So you get a real portrait. Like you get, like you're inside this guy's apartment when he's fucking losing his shit wow. for three years. Mm-hmm. And, and what you do, if you're as an artist, like I've bounced off the walls in my apartment recently on the road. And I start thinking about all this shit from the past and what should I have done with my career? And Miles Davis. And you my, think about Miles I Davis. I do think about Miles Davis. <laughs> I put him on Pandora and I hear little sketches of Spain and everything's all right. Um, and, uh, and then there's some funny shit in there. Don Channel's a funny guy. Yeah. So there's funny, and it's, I've also read a Miles Davis biography, and he was a genius, but he could just be a fucking asshole. And also, when he got famous, he was like, yeah, I'm like Picasso style, like, I'm Miles Davis. <laughs> but we, yeah, who the fuck are you? Like, like. And- so what's redeeming about him then if he's this crazy guy that breaks up marriages, it's like, fuck you, I'm Miles Davis. It's just that he's so good. His music is so amazing. That's, that's to me, like, necessary in art. Everyone now, you work with, like, the shittiest people. Like, how are they? Nicest guy. It's it's hard to dislike them. You're like, ah, oh, they should never pick up a paintbrush. They should never pick up an instrument. They should not do stand-up. Hell of a nice guy or girl. And it to, for someone to be so undeniably good or like, it burned down my house, and I still want to go buy that record. Right. <laughs> it's, it's um, and I think... But the the other redeeming just from a personality, and this is also in the in this biography that I read, I believe it was written by Ian Carr. I'm not sure if I have that correct, but um is he was like wanted the best out of you as a musician. If you played with him, he was like, mm-hmm. give me it. And they'd be like, No, no, no. He's like, the fuck is that? Like he would push <laughs> you to be the best. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard interviews with like Herbie Hancock and and uh people like that who were like Phew. I mean, he'd get up in your fucking grill, but then you would be better. And so, um, to me, what I watch when I see this is I always, when I see these sort of the, the drug addict chaos stories, I always go, God, I don't know. Did heroin help create bebop? Because <laughs> all those guys did it, yeah. but then it also killed all of them. Charlie, all of them. They were all fucking Chet Baker. They were all fucking heroin addicts. And and it's heroin's like- Heroin's had this weird influence. Uh, I mean, ju- musically especially. You right. like, dip back down through like, good God. Like it really is- Maybe there's something to it where it channels people into a, this conduit into a different dimension. It's weird right? when it like, makes uh, them become awful assholes <laughs> that die from it. Yeah, and, and and it's also like, at what point does it become part of the culture? It's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, well, well, you're a musician, you have to use heroin, right? Like that kind of weird, uh, and you I, know, yeah. where that specific drug is tied to that uh, one industry. And I think what um, what I would like to believe is that you don't need it. And I would like when anytime I see these stories, I always go, how much more could he have done if he wasn't, you know, if this drug didn't get him down? But also that's the brain of the artist is the most like 
you have such confidence when you've become a professional and you've established yourself. You have such, like, think of it as a comic. You, mm-hmm. Sometimes you go on stage and you're just like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need? I'm slam dunking in your face. And then conversely can just be like, I'm, this is awful. I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, like, I don't belong. Up I don't there. belong here. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm shitty. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. a scam. <laughs> you know, if you haven't been successful, you're like, it's because I'm a jackass. If you do get success, you're like, I've been lying and tricking everybody. You all, you know, <laughs> And so uh, I just read the uh, to, to that point, like I read um, on writing by Stephen King mm-hmm. and he's someone that to me seems like he'd always been like, I'm Stephen King and I just love writing it, which he has been. But in his twenties ish, he, he had a horrible drinking problem that turned into a cocaine problem that turned into him, like his whole family begging him, like, you got to get yeah. clean. You get kids now, man. And after the fact, still getting back to writing and talking about it being like, it is a bit of a misnomer that like great artists need that. Right. Like maybe they're slightly more prone to like it, but it's not like the fuel. Like Hemingway didn't get all drunk and then write. He wrote right. and then he got all drunk. Right. So you can make a correlation between the two, but the, I don't, I lean more toward that nowadays, especially after hearing like Stephen King talk about it, that it's not fuel. It's not like, oh, I can't play a note. Let me shoot up some heroin and then I'll. Right. It's more of a crutch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that's. Yeah, I think like the comics were like, well, I don't want to go to therapy because then I'll lose my edge or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an excuse. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it's. I think you can be funny. I think you can be creative. I think you can have an edge. You know, I think you can be angry or whatever. Yeah, and and without you don't need that because that shit. I mean, there's. <laughs> Pretty clear stats on uh, <laughs> what that does. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good film. And then the woman, I, I, Emma Yatsi Corialdi, plays uh, his wife, Frances. And, and, you know, she's, she's a really solid actress. She's in The Invitation. Um, and she, uh, you know, it's, it's really... It's really cool. You kind of know the history of their marriage, and then you know she was loved him. He, oh my God, he's Miles Davis. But then he's Miles Davis, so yeah. he's getting high and he's sleeping around and all this other shit. And so um, I really, I really, I really like it. I think it's hard for me to say. Like, if you're not a jazz person or not, you know, whatever, I have no opinion either way on Miles Davis. Would you like this movie? I want to say yes. I want to say. Um, because it's, it's, it is well done. It is interesting. It does show you what the sort of inner turmoil of an artist of that level is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, the doubts and the craziness. And then when all this money is thrown into it, and then there's this sort of idol worship that's thrown into it, how that can mess with you mm-hmm. and who do I trust? And, yeah. you know, everyone's got an angle and, and all this other stuff. And then I can't even get my own shit together. So I think it's a really good film. And I, I mean, hmm. I love the fact that, that, um, you know, that Don Chadle is, is directing films. Like I don't, I'm trying to think if he's directing. I always think else. it's Cheadle. Cheadle. Yeah, maybe it is Cheadle. I just I enjoy mispronouncing names. It's sort of <laughs> a, a skill that I like doing. Um, yeah, he's Don Chiadello. <laughs> John Chiadello. Uh, yeah, I mean he's done an ep- a couple episodes of House of Lies, and wonder how we got that gig. Yeah, <laughs> the show he stars that, in. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, and he did a miniseries, but this is it. So, but it's it was really it's 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 worth seeing. I think it's limited release. 
Um, so where can you find it? I is don't it, know, but is it the shots? Is it the editing? Is it, it's all of that. It is. It, it is. Really? It, he does really cool <clears throat> shots. He does really cool editing. There are cool shots. Cause you can tell too. He, he, my guess is him and his, 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 uh, DP let went, let's look at all those old black and white and those blue note album mm-hmm. covers were fucking awesome and the way they captured jazz yeah, yeah. with the cigarettes and the smoky crowds and the low lighting nice, and the, yeah. so there's a lot of that mm-hmm. like oh, cool and and I really I really dig it so cool. so I think it's it does cool. see it would just be weird if heroin was heroin was taken out of that equation not cuz it's not necessary just because like when you have a package and especially when it's in the past it has existed it's hard to go like oh well they could have done it without that like but they didn't like that's what it all is it is the smoke it is the low ceilings it is that like low sad like one note of a trumpet kind of singing out into an empty street it's it's all that shit like if you take away some of it you're like eh, footsteps of one person walking down a street <laughs> yeah. and maybe one of those lighters flipping yeah. up in the <laughs> yeah, yeah man <laughs> Um, so it is all that. And I think he captured that visually and he captured that with, and then and of course he's got the music. He's mm-hmm. got the music in there. So that's oh, there's pretty, that. there's yeah. that's yeah. awesome <laughs> music. Um, so all right. We have a sponsor this week. We got Spearmen. Um, Spearmen. They are back. Now, who are we listening to today? Oh, so we've got a, a really cool Spearmen with CJ Johnson. Yes. Uh, and he talks about two docs that were, that are on HBO. One about Mike Nichols and one about Nora Ephron that are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's five minutes Spearmen. Uh, and this is the cool thing about Spearman is like if you want to have conversations with people without giving out your phone number, mm-hmm. you can do it. And then you could even record the conversations and post them for people to listen to. Or you could keep them private. You have you a can, choice. You could do it for your podcast, David Huntsberger. Yes. Okay. And yeah. li- limit the call to five minutes. Yeah. It's a five Especially minute Especially if you're talking oh, to a stranger. No. You know what? Uh, someone from a similar app, if not this person, contacted me and I said, I need it to get to 10. Like five is just not <laughs> enough. So whoever this is, is theoretically kind of working on that. Like an option where you can go five, 10 or 15. Ooh. Oh, so that go. would be great. All Th- right. That's the, uh, the space cave, uh, variation. <laughs> the space, the space, space cave, cave variation. Space cave variation. <laughs> I got it tailored to my own needs. <laughs> mm, somebody got the space cave spare men. <laughs> Are you going with the stock version? Ah, mine's classic. <laughs> <I go. laughs> uh, but yeah, the, that's the cool thing about it. So it's an app. The app is free, uh, and you can have, Really cool short time phone calls. You don't have to give out your phone number. There's no scheduling. Whoever wants to talk to you, you can share them publicly or not. Um, so just go to spearman.com or look for Spearman in the Apple app or Google Play Google Play Store. So here is CJ Johnson talking about two cool HBO docs. Hello. Hello. Hey, Graham Millwood, it's CJ Johnson. I've got a spam in for you. Hey, CJ Johnson. All right, man. What uh, what do you want to talk about on your spare men? Oh, man. Well, I'm I'm in LA at the moment, and one of the things I love when I come over to the United States is uh, documentaries on HBO. And there's a couple of documentaries on HBO at the moment about two of the funniest filmmakers ever. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted to draw your attention to them because they're both excellent, excellent, excellent. One of them uh, is called Becoming Mike Nichols, and it is a feature-length 
interview, essentially, with Mike Nichols. And it was the last interview he gave before he died. You know, he, he died only a few months ago. Right. And he, this interview was done at a theater in New York in front of an audience uh, just, I think, a couple of weeks before he died. And what he decided to do, it, the interview is with an old friend of his, which is really nice because it, it's very, very personal and very, very intimate. These are guys who go way back. And what they decided beforehand is they decided rather than talk about all of Mike Nichols' entire career, which was just so many movies, they thought, let's just kind of go up to The Graduate. Let's just go up to there. And so all you get, and that's why it's called Becoming Mike Nichols. So they just talk about the early career of Mike Nichols and just get up to The Graduate. And so rather than like talk about The Graduate for three minutes, they can talk about The Graduate for 20 minutes. And they can talk about making Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf for 20 minutes. And they can talk about working with Elaine May and making Barefoot in the Park and, you know, all of that stuff. And so he really gets to go into details about these films. The stuff talking about making The Graduate is terrific. But the other thing is, Mike Nichols is hysterically funny and incredibly wry and intelligent. And so... It is just a beautiful, like when it ends, it is that classic thing of like, I wish it wasn't ending now. I could keep watching this for five more hours. You so know he's, what I mean? just, he's playing off the audience the whole time. A little yeah, bit. well, yeah, he is. Well, not even that. I mean, he's just telling his stories and he's very good at telling his stories, but he's, he's just unbelievably witty he can't help but be witty he is that guy <laughs> and and he does actually play off the the audience at times yes they do occasionally ask questions from the audience and his answers are just absolute perlers like you know he's just incredibly intelligent and then when you learn things like i didn't realize that he was the son of immigrants and the language spoken at home wasn't english so english is his second language and we think mike nichols english is not his first language wow. stuff like that yeah, is really, really impressive. That's great. And that's what a good doc does, is it gets you an insight into something that you might not have known. And then yeah. a conversation in front of a live audience about, about like a certain period of somebody's work is got to be com- insanely intriguing in terms of you're just going to hear all the funny stories and the personal stuff and all that. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know whether he was ill or whether he just sort of got the sense that he was... He was coming close to the end of his run, but he's very honest. You know what I mean? He's not talking like the kind of guy who's at all concerned with burning a single bridge. (laughs) (laughs) He's concerned. He's talking like someone like who's the absolute most successful he can possibly be and is probably going to die soon, and he just lets it out. (laughs) And so this is, what's the name of it now? And it's on that, that's called Becoming Mike Nichols, and that's on HBO Documentary Films. Oh, great. As is my other one, which is Everything is Copy, which is also about an incredibly witty writer. It's about Nora Ephron. Oh, About Nora Ephron's transition from journalist into screenwriter. And when you think that her first film was Heartburn, and she wrote, you know, like her first few movies were Heartburn and Silkwood. And when Harry met Sally, we're talking about someone who was born to write movies and just got there along the way through journalism. But she's such a natural screenwriter, one of the, one of the funniest screenwriters ever. Well, that's... And um, just... Ha- and how she became that person, including how she used her divorce from um, from Carl Bernstein as the basis to write Heartburn. 
Well, we're almost out of time. So say the titles of the two movies again. Everything is Copy about Nora Ephron and Becoming by Mike Nichols about Mike Nichols. Thank you, C.J. Johnson, for this spare man. Thanks, man. See you soon. Take care. All right. All right. That was cool. C.J. Johnson from the Movie Land podcast. Very always, cool. Uh, always doing something cool. So Now, we're going to do something new we haven't done. We're going to start doing this on the show now. We're going to talk about trailers. Like when big trailers drop, because everyone talks about them. Right. We see them, but we, we, don't, we don't talk about them enough on the podcast. So two of them dropped. Now, one of them dropped a couple weeks ago, but we haven't talked about it. The new Rogue One trailer. Now, this one, I it's interesting the way it's being branded. It's very specific, like... This is not the actual Star Wars movie. This is a Star Wars story. It's a side story. It's got new characters. It's not part of the next trilogy. Like, it's very specific branding. This <laughs> isn't it. You know, this isn't the second one. This isn't Lord of the Rings or Matrix where you get one a year. Um, so, and this is their first effort into... Because these are going to become the norm. I mean, there's going to be one every year. There's yeah. going to be, like, you know, the main trilogy, a side story. You know, they might do a Marvel thing where they say, well, maybe we'll release two in one year. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure that's being talked about in the bowels of Disney. In the <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I'm... You know, I'm such a fan. I'm still excited to see this movie. This is basically the story of uh, how the Death Star plans were stolen and then um, given to the Alliance so they could blow up the original Death Star. And I just love what they've been doing with the uh, with the technology now, where you see like walkers, you know, um, imperial walkers on like a, a beach in a landscape, and like different different ways that they're using um, all. Basically, you could say the Star Wars elements, you know, the, the, everything from the characters to the vehicles to the special effects. And then, oh my God, uh, I think it's Donnie Yen is in it, isn't he? As like some yeah, it's uh, as some uh, samurai, but not a Jedi. <laughs> Donnie Yen's in it. Felicity Jones is in it. Mm-hmm. Like it, uh, Forrest Whitaker's in it. Yeah, um, it, it, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing, and it's dr- directed by uh, Colin Trevorrow. It's directed by Gareth Edwards. Oh, Gareth Edwards. Actually. No, he's doing the other one. Yeah, uh, Gareth Edwards. Um, so I mean, you know, he did Monsters, which is a really cool and film. Godzilla. He did Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if if this is what I mean, I. I dig this. I dig yeah, that this is yeah. going to. They're mm-hmm. going to just show these kind of offshoots because I mean, this is this is. I I want to say this is Disney's influence because they've seen the success of what they've done with the Marvel universe. That they're like, we need to do this with the Star Wars universe because I want to see this. That was discussed day one when the deal closed. When yeah, they bought Lucas. that was why they made yeah, the deal. Exactly. <laughs> they, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're yeah. going to pay four million dollars and this and not is release why. one movie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> every ten years, it's yeah. not going to happen. Um. So yeah, I I think it's cool and and um. I don't know. I, I'm, the trailer made me excited. It also, like, it was a great trailer where it showed me, okay, I get what this is, and it's, like, just enough where now I'm interested. Right. Now, um, it didn't give me too much, but I like the little teases of the new characters and the new storylines, even though it's, like, you know, technically it's kind of a prequel. <laughs> right. You know what happens uh, when they steal the plans, but I'm excited. I want to see it. All right. And the other one is the Doctor Strange uh, trailer. Now, Doctor Strange is a... Uh, a character in the Marvel Universe, not quite as popular as some of the other ones, but this is basically the magic character. You know, each, like, you know, DC has Dr. Faith, this is Dr. Strange. But what I love about uh, Benedict Cumberbunny is is that um, there's a backstory to Dr. Strange that's really interesting. He's a very prominent surgeon, and he's an asshole, and he's got a huge ego. But He's in an accident. He loses the use of his hands. So now his lifelong, um, you know, reason for being is now gone. So it's a journey of him actually 
rediscovering and finding himself. And I think that could be really interesting, especially when you add all of the mystical components and then he eventually becomes, you know, a magic superhero. But <laughs> but I think the character stuff is what's most interesting to me. Well, yeah, in the trailer where you see uh, Benny Cumbo all, uh, <laughs> all Nick Nolte, yeah. <laughs> crazy hair and beard, just yeah. like, yeah. just out of it, just gone out to lunch. The, anytime you see that, you're like, oh, fuck. Because right. mm-hmm. it's always the... When it's a character you're sort of familiar with, like Doctor Strange, right. like so, how did how did he go from that right. to then back yeah. up to the top of his whatever mountain that he's on? Right, like, and then before he says the Crimson Bands of Krytorak or whatever, yeah. you know, one of his catchphrases <laughs> that he has in the comic. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, you know, and the description after his career is destroyed, a billion but arrogant and conceited surgeon gets a new lease on life when a sorcerer takes him under her wing and trains him to defend the world against evil. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's, let's go let's go and it's yeah. and you know benny cumbo is a uh, doc strange i'm <laughs> yep. in man like make it happen i think it's a good choice i think he he, he was a really um good choice to cast as doctor strange and there was an animated movie that came out a couple years ago that was okay and it kind of went through like <laughs> doctor strange's origin story but i'm really excited to see this because this is kind of the first real foray into magic for like the marvel universe that we've seen and this is what i love about it too is We've seen, like, the science fiction. We've seen, like, the heist. We've seen kind of the family versions. We've seen the thrillers. We've seen uh, all these different... The war movies. All these different types of Marvel superhero movies. And now we're getting into some interesting um, magic stuff. So... I'm excited. Right. I'm, I'm, uh, cool. I'm, I'm ready I like to the see idea it. of Benny Cumbo. I'm, I'm wearing a little thin on... I guess it's a trope that they... for To break up, to give a little... Just a little lightheartedness. They fall on the... I, I think Joss Whedon kind of started it, who I think is great, but the heroes always do something like, who talks? You talk? Me talk? Like, it's too cute. Of, it's too right. cute. And it, all the heroes too are too, like, tell, too, yeah, they're yeah. too comfortable with, like, ooh, don't punch me in the face. That's, that, that might hurt. You know, that sort of like, that's not it. Come on. All heroes are like this. Right. They're too irreverent and kind of like, I'm cool. I get it. Snarky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want him to be like Miles Davis. Like, yeah. Yeah, that guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Like, a real <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Who has superpowers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and loves letting you know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a hero. Yeah. <laughs> He's not like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not some regular Joe that just, yeah. you know, the hero inside us. <laughs> Let me get that for you. No. 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 Never. Fuck you. Get the door. I don't open door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, Dave, we were talking before the show. Um, you had seen Generation Irons. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that. I just, I, before I go into that, too, your thing about Miles Davis and, and having the music, I saw the uh, Organized Noise documentary as well, which I was really excited about, like, Outcast, the Dungeon Family. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't use any of the music. It's so frustrating to watch it. They'll, like, dance into one of the beats a little bit, and you're like, oh, okay, here we And then they must not have gotten the right to the music or something because it is... Even though sometimes they're referencing like, yes, yeah, so we built this beat this way and then they don't play it. It's really, really uh, distracting. Uh, and, and really that whole documentary comes off in a, in a way as kind of being like the organized noise guys sort of asking for work. Right. Which is kind of a bummer. Otherwise it's good. And they seem like the most likable guys and deserving of success. Right. And I hope that they do get some work. But right. it's strange for the end of a documentary to be like – we didn't spend our money right the first time. So, hey, if you need some beats, call us. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other documentary I watched uh, that I that I, I can't imagine it's that appealing because it's about bodybuilding, Generation Iron. And I think I have the same hesitation that everyone does. Like, well, I don't want to watch a bunch of dudes in Speedos <laughs> right. who I would imagine have no personalities, who I don't care about. Just dumb meatheads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then as I watch it, it's really well made. And I think it follows, it It, it chronicles about eight guys. It's uh, narrated by Mickey Rourke, who's kind of the perfect, you forget how grumbly right. and rugged his voice is. He really kind of fits like his character in The Wrestler, that kind of like desperate, right. mm-hmm. I, I, this is all I got. That's kind of fits all these guys. There's, there's the Miles Davis hero, I'm kind of a dickhead and everyone right. hates him, but undeniably he's the best. And then there's everyone else. So there's this great kind of cast of, you find yourself going like, I don't know why, but I'm kind of rooting for that dude now. Right. There's a guy who paints amazing artists, but he's also enormous. They're all huge. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it, it doesn't necessarily show the, it, the softer side. or It gives a little bit of an introspective look into like what their psyche is like mm-hmm. and what the behind the scenes is like. And they they kind of talk about how steroids are just sort of a part of it. They definitely oh. don't shoot it down. They, they bring it up briefly, and you don't hear anyone go, I would never put that in my body. You hear guys going, you know, steroids have never been proven to kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Anything taken correctly can be beneficial. <laughs> you know, the, the, and all those meathead guys go, everyone says I could take steroids, I could get as big as you. Try it. Just try it. Like, they're very proud of the fact, like, you've got to also hit the gym and work right. out. And so there are guys you hate. There are guys where you're like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Like this one guy, I think he's Austrian or something like that. Like his stepdaughter becomes like his best friend and is his biggest supporter and comes to watch. And to see these guys on stage, like they essentially too, like the lighter skinned guys have to go and not only black face, like kind of like someone wipes them down with something that turns them very dark. So their muscles will pop out. They get bronzed. Beyond bronze, it's real dark, and so like yeah, their whole skin, everything, like it. it, I mean, meaning whole skin, like their head, their face, every their entire. They're leaning over, and their like sort of spotter is wiping this stuff in between their butt cheeks and stuff like that. Like it's very. The world is very sad when you see them like at a hotel. And either them like preparing their two pounds of chicken that they have to eat and very regimented amounts of protein and carbs and and sitting there kind of just quietly eating by themselves and going, this is the hardest part. Like you've got to take care of everything you put in your body and then they go pose and then you see them kind of losing like, well, my only option now to get into the Mr. Olympian is to win this one final contest. So the whole thing you think watching throughout is like, how do they afford this? Right. All these guys have the most, like, well, there's one guy that lives in kind of squalor. Everyone else has, like, beautiful homes. It's it's staggering. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I, I would recommend it. I, I think if you can get past, like, it's not just watching a bunch of dudes yeah, work flex out. a bunch and stuff like that. And even right. that part doesn't even feel human. You, you're It doesn't, it, there's something, it's like watching a horse flex or something. They're so gigantic, they're, they don't look like a normal And it human brings being. you into that world. Yeah, definitely. It gives you a, a different look where you're like, oh, I could kind of see myself like not becoming a, a fan and going <laughs> to competition right. to competition. But like if I was in Vegas and someone's like, you want tickets to go to that? Like I kind of do now. I oh, wow. I want to see who's there watching it because it's full. It's like it's at uh, I don't know if it's in the MGM, but I mean, it's like 10,000 seats full of people watching these dudes pose. Sounds like MGM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's where, because that's where they put all the boxing and stuff. Yeah, oh, I thought that UFC's. was bigger for some reason. Ma- yeah. oh, whatever, well, wherever Man- it is. Mandalay Bay has a, has a bigger room yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's, I mean, giant, huge screens where they're, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, it's interesting to watch. It, it, for me, it was something where like, that's kind of why I watched it. I was scrolling through and like, well, that doesn't appeal to me at all. 
Well, maybe I should watch that. <laughs> Let me give I'm it a so, chance. Yeah, I'm so unfamiliar with it. Right. So, yeah, and, it, and it's it's well made. I was expecting it was like a guy with huge fat muscle fingers that was like learning how to edit and had done it in like Movie Maker. <laughs> so, I'm gonna sh- with a lot of like... On an airplane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no, it was really well done. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, they do a great job of... Not like King of Kong, which is such a great kind right. of villain and hero. Right. But this does have like a cast of characters where you find mm-hmm. yourself kind of going like i like that guy like, i hope that guy does okay <laughs> <laughs> cool all right all generation right. iron generation iron boom we'll talk about uh dvd and blu-ray let's next. get into it uh the revenant if you miss this in Ooh. the theater check it out now this no we, don't wait 20 years until it goes back in the theater <laughs> <laughs> i will say this is the movie if you can find it or a revival anywhere in the theater see it on the big screen absolutely this is an amazing movie on the big screen have to watch it at home right Lights stand, out and stand right next to the screen. Like yeah, but <laughs> like but big. lights out. Yeah, shut your phone off. Go buy, save the receipts. Get a surround sound system. Yeah, <laughs> package it back up after. Take it back. <laughs> take it back. <laughs> but it's like I mean, it's fan. You, it's visually you. If you can't, you gotta see it on the big screen. If you have to watch it at home, yeah. then then literally, then give yourself the most cinematic experience right, you exactly. can have at home. If the Duplasses and link letters are gonna make home like that's fine make them straight to netflix but yes. someone's got to be making these big spectacle and they don't movies, need to yeah. be jurassic world where it's just a dinosaur chasing people right. with no story like this movie brings you in like it's you human care, it's human it's exciting it, that's it's, what's going to be and it's, it's innovative theater. camera work and yeah. it made you Which, feel cold yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah wear a blanket you think yes. about is those poor pas guys getting a hundred no. bucks a day yeah he's freezing losing his fingers Get down so, in the river there. Yeah. You got your waders on. Get, yeah, Get there the, you go. Yeah. And Shine that board back on Leo. We got to see the light bounce off him. <laughs> the, the next movie is a companion piece to The Revenant. This is Norma the North. It also has <laughs> it also has a bear in it. Uh, this is the uh, animated polar bear movie that even kids were smart enough to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I saw nothing. No, no good tweets. No good reviews. Everyone was pretty angry. Like when people when you go, especially when you have kids. You go as a family, that's four tickets. When yeah. you see a shitty movie, you're four times as angry. Yeah. Because it's, because it's a lot of money. So avoid that. The next one is Fifty Shades <laughs> of Black. Um, oh, yeah, the, the black comedy about Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. You know what's a funnier comedy? Fifty Shades of Grey. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a hilarious yes. film. Um. It is ridiculously hilarious. So, And the next one is Ip Man 3. This is uh, you know, the third and last one. It's it's. I guess if you I mean, did the, you see the trailer? Uh, no, I I don't know. Okay, it let looks me say like one thing about the trailer. Ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's like well, where are we going to go with the story from here? And uh, somebody must have said, well, we could get Mike Tyson, oh, and um, Ipman fights Mike Tyson. So you wondered when they were shooting the first one. He goes, you know, if this goes well. <laughs> I think one day, <laughs> maybe one, for the third one. Which was like, this is so hilarious. The first one, which is like, let's talk about the actual guy that trained Bruce Lee and how yeah, he was yeah. like, where he, you know, right. tough times in China during World War II, a Japanese occupation and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And then the, cut to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ipman goes on I, spring break. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. it's, <laughs> and it's oh. also, they're, they're uh, promoting it as, as with an appearance by Mike Tyson. So he's probably in maybe two scenes. And, you know, one of them he fights 
Ip Man and Ip Man and yeah. Kiss and yeah. the Phantom of yeah. the Roller Coaster or whatever. <laughs> so um, I did not see this movie. It's it's I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But get the rub uh, and, and and get a receipt for your sound system. And, and, your <laughs> theater. Those are the things you should be spending your money. And watch yes. Ip Man, the first one. Watch the first yeah, one. Watch the first one. And don't acknowledge this yeah. movie. And um, now on Site Spotlight, uh, weekly film news. You guys have he's Neil's been doing some amazing things with this article that you have to see some of the stuff he's mentioning. Um, he's talking about like this is still in the planning stages. There is a Men in Black Twenty One Jump Street crossover movie <laughs> oh, that boy. is coming out. Um, of course, and, there is. And he is now Neil's a big Godzilla fan, so Toho's making a new Godzilla movie. He embedded the trailer right in his article. He wanted to make oh, sure nice. everybody saw the new Godzilla trailer. That and, last uh, Godzilla one was just so ridiculous. The American one, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the most, re- the yeah, the, the Brian Cranston one. Yeah. Oh God. I know. Ugh, I could go on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to put that out there with no um, verification. So, of that. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so check out Neil's things. And also, I want to mention my Kickstarter uh, for Long Ago and Far Away. The graphic novel is more than halfway there. First of all, I want to say thank you guys. You guys have been really supportive. Definitely some big donors in there for sure. And um, two out of the five comedy film nerd spoiler tiers are gone. Ooh. There are only three left right now. So Ooh. we're going to be seeing uh, two spoilers at least. Oh, that's awesome. And I don't know if one of you guys who bought one of those tiers said because you send an email saying hey could i put this off to 2017 and i'm thinking that's somebody they have a movie in mind that are going to torture it's probably another transformers yeah transformers or avatar yeah so there are three left so there's only about 13 days left and we've got about 11 grand to go but we're more than halfway could not have gotten there without you guys but if you haven't donated or, or pledged please definitely do so hit one of the let's read some uh, of yeah, the yeah uh, i have to read the, these guys your comments are absolutely hilarious so uh will leonard um a long time ago in a cock wagon far far away <laughs> a brave chris mancini once again waded into the deep waters of the kickstarter pool to raise funds for a project well let's back up here just <laughs> so last episode we said uh do a film quote Yes. And then I also said, and say cockwagon. Yeah. <laughs> For <laughs> so every that's, comment. That's, that's so uh, now that they decided yeah. to then put cockwagon <laughs> into a film quote. Will our brave hero successfully achieve his goal of raising enough money, or will he be forced to commit seppuku with a mournful gram acting as is, is Kashikunin? Only time will tell. Kashaku. Kashaku. <laughs> Uh, P.S. Poop, shit, fuck, damn, turd burglar. <laughs> ah, nice. Uh, hilarious and also, will a little too close to home. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Jack Asbridge, did anyone else think of the rancor from Jabba's Place when watching the cock wagon scene in Idiocracy? <laughs> Probably not. Fuck. <laughs> Amy Elizabeth, I don't remember what backer number I was, but I feel compelled to share my favorite cursing stream from a film. Oh, fuck, wank, bugger, shit, arse, head, and hole with a cock wagon. <laughs> Congrats, Chris. Hoping for another Oscar rabble in 2017. Uh, Teresa Verite. This comment is in anticipation of the movie that will be made out of long ago and far away. If you're on the fence about donating, please do so, so that Chris can sell a whole cock wagon full of books, <laughs> which can then be made into an equally awesome movie. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to fit it in there, but man, you did. <laughs> Great uh, way to bury the lead, Teresa. That was nice. (laughs) And Joseph Hummel, oh, he must have done one of the spoiler cheers. He goes, fuck yeah, let's go see a movie. I promise it won't be Batman versus Superman. (laughs) Probably. Oh, you jackass. Um, and Sean Sakame, oh, the Sakame brothers. Sakame. Well, I'm backer 170, halfway to 340, <laughs> and I and I think I missed the fuck portion of the comments section. 
Oh shit, I just typed fuck. Balls, I just typed shit and fuck twice. You see where this is going. See you fellas at Podfest 5. (laughs) (laughs) Emily Penrod, I'm sorry the fucking ass lookers and showbiz have been kicking you in the nuts. I hope this pledge feels like a sweet, sweet hand job on your cock wagon. (laughs) (laughs) But really, the only reason I pledge is because of the lovely accent you have, New Jersey. Pennsylvania, actually. Yeah. You can, when I, especially, I don't think I have it, but Graham reminds me every time I say water. Yeah. So, <laughs> or when you make fun there. of my Chicago accent, yeah, exactly. I'm always like, okay, Philly. Let's. <laughs> um, uh, I liked it. Supportive, uh, profane, and erotic. Oh, so it was a great comment. Great. Thank yeah. you, Emily. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kurt E. E H. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, one of you cockwagons called us out as cockwagons who listen to the show but never rarely contribute. Don't be a cockwagon. Pledge five dollars to this project from the cockwagon film nerds. <laughs> and then he commented again: comedy film nerds, lousy typo. <laughs> <laughs> and Diana Rojek Skinnard. I didn't want to curse, but my husband told me to jump on the cock bandwagon. <laughs> uh, and Gail Valp. Love the comedy film nerds. I'm glad I could help. I hope this book isn't a bag of dicks delivered on a cock wagon. <laughs> I can assure you it won't be, but it might be a couple of uh, piles of haircuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Jackie Cation reference. Um, Chris Cash. One day a fucker shall rise from our ranks and use the power of the cock wagon to light our darkest fucking hour. Oh, wow. Nice. nice. I got a chill from that Yeah, one. nice little uh, dark night. Uh, nice. Yeah. Good for you. So those are the comments. Are amazing. We will continue to read them. It's only two weeks left. Uh, actually, no. After last week, next week will be the last one I'll, have, I'll be able to read comments on. So more so. film quotes and let's add uh, fuck stick. Let's okay, add- done. <laughs> fuck stick. <laughs> <laughs> People just turn to their keyboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck, stick. fuck stick. Write us some fuck stick comments. Those were great, you guys. Hilarious. And thanks again for the support. Like I said, we're almost done, but uh, you guys can get us to the finish line. We really appreciate it. You're the best. And just one last thing, if you are not thinking, like if you're not really into graphic novels, think graphic novels, think of it as a movie, because that's really what it is. It's It'll beginning, middle, finish. Yeah, I think so. It works. Um, so uh, thanks again. Okay, uh, premiering this week. Uh, we're talking about casting a lot today, and I think this next one, we need to mention it again. This is Elvis and Nixon. This is a um, possibly based on a true story about Elvis wanting to be a secret yeah. agent for Nixon. So, um, um, Google uh, The King and Dick. My friend mm-hmm. Scott Kalonico made a short, and it, they released the transcripts of the letter he wrote, the audio files that he sent, and yeah, he, he like really uh, talk shit about the Beatles and how they're a bad influence brought in drugs and he's happy to go undercover and he's traveling around the world so he can be very impactful and how drugs are a scourge and then mm-hmm. when he died like the amount of drugs in his system was just <laughs> yeah. well that's that classic photo when they met that yes. says Elvis mm-hmm. it says the president and the king uh-huh. uh, he got an award he got like a award from the president of like a say no like a say no to drugs award right. or whatever yeah. it was called that Nixon yeah. gave him and he was high as a cut he was on all of his you know his Percocets and whatever else <laughs> yeah. that he was taking but it's 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 Michael Shannon as Elvis and Kevin Spacey's Richard Nixon very interesting casting mm. I'm gonna get I, I saw the trailer I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt it looks weird but I'm wondering if I could get used to it <laughs> I mean the reason the reason I think that it's it's it could be really interesting is because those two guys are really great actors. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could say, well, Michael Shannon doesn't look as good as Elvis does, but late years, crazy Percocet Elvis thinking mm-hmm. he's going to fight crime with the president. Like right. that's a 
Michael Shannon and mutton chops. You yeah, know, I'll buy it. I, you know, I, 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 I think it could bring in his own guns into the White House. Like I can provide my own <laughs> firearms. I mean, he's <laughs> out of his fucking gourd. So I, I don't know. I'm, I, I think it's interesting to see, and I think it's uh, a director Lisa Johnson does it. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see. Now the next one is the Huntsman Winter's War. I, I just if you want to see uh, an effects reel, just go to this movie. It's literally it's. You know, one th- and the girls are good actresses who are uh, attractive. Like right. I think, that, yeah. I think this movie is quite like I don't. It's cool to see. Like normally, you'd see the Expendables and all these dudes, right. and here's this story that's like five leading ladies that are all cool doing cool well, special it, it's, effects. Stuff. It's interesting to see how much it's trying to tap into. It's like fairy tales, right. Snow White giant cg movies frozen mm-hmm. like what else yeah. can we try to trick people into going to see this movie <laughs> with um, did you see the first one i did not see the first one either. the huntsman uh, yeah, but did. i don't think you'll be lost if you see this one uh, after maybe i'm gonna wait till they're done with all of them. <laughs> yeah and get the box set <laughs> the next one is holidays this is actually a horror anthology series with uh, kevin smith and a couple of other horror directors who do little short films about each holiday sounds um, cool that could be cool uh, hologram for the king this is the new uh, tom hanks movie uh where he's you know the failed businessman he goes trying to sell like um something obviously a hologram what, what, yeah i saw, <laughs> I, saw a, I actually uh, saw the trailer for it last night so boy I'm, I'm hard it's hard to say because it, so the premise is he's got um 3d video conferencing Mm-hmm. That he's trying to like get the Shaw of some country or something right. to, to 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 finance, and he gets there, and it's just a desert. And there's there's a scene where in the trailer where the guy's like, "We're going to put shopping mall here," and he's just looking yeah. at sand and all this, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh Jesus!" And then it looks like it's kind of a love story, but it, oh man, the trailer they they had a guy doing a voiceover like. When businessman done, oh, you know, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, and that was like. It. I was like, even even his like '80s movies didn't have that that weird narration. No. Yeah. So yeah, I, I literally, I was sitting there like, I was waiting for the joke because it felt like, right. oh, we're doing a parody. There's of, a setup of, somewhere. Of old yeah. bad trailers. Yeah. And it was, and I was like, Ooh. oh man. So it's that really made me go, God, I don't know. I love Tom Hanks, and it is still April. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Feels like um, that one movie where he has had the scooter and yeah. Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I just yeah. watched Captain yeah. Phillips, and because I not that I'd soured on Tom Hanks at all, mm-hmm. but yeah, like Charlie Wilson's War, and then it seemed like there were just some that didn't really weren't that impact or didn't appeal to me, like the scooter one and stuff. Right. But uh, he still got it, and the guy's still yeah, like, he's such still a, amazing, such a leading guy. He, even even in a movie you don't like him, and you still like watching him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's uh, I think that was this. Was that Larry? Yeah, it was Larry Crown was the one that you're just like. Everyone, <laughs> it felt I felt like I was a man watching, that rides a scooter <laughs> trying to find a new leash on life <laughs> until a teacher walked in. <laughs> like that. So that that's could, maybe I, that could have used a voiceover. I, that was the that first was, thing <laughs> I, I flashed when I was watching this trailer last night for the hologram for the king. I was like, is this the did he did he. Ugh. Right. Community college got him this gig to work. Like, just <laughs> I'm worried about this movie. Now, there's one more movie I want to mention, and this movie because I want to reference back to what we were talking about with trailers. This couldn't, trailer, couldn't get it on Tale of Tales, here. no, <laughs> got five spaces after miles ahead. Couldn't. I um, I wanted to create a dramatic effect for the second page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is called Tale of Tales, and it's a really fucked up trailer. And the other thing too, it's interesting. I couldn't find a rating on this movie. Uh, like, is it 
because it's it's also an anthology story. It's like three different fairy tales, but very dark and like kind of adultish. But I'm not sure if it's like teenager adult or like blue NC velvet 17. adult. Yeah, or like blue velvet <laughs> adult. You know, like that kind of like because it it's not quite clear on the uh, in the trailer. But it also makes me see like there's like a giant flea, there's like a dragon, and like these weird twins, and like all this <laughs> like it, it's like weird fantasy horror romance, like everything kind of together. It's got Salma Hayek in it, John C. Uh, I think John C. Riley is in it too. It's Matteo Garone who directed it. He also did uh, Gamora and Reality and. Um, so it, it looks crazy. So, uh, I definitely am interested in seeing this movie. If you can find it, it's very limited release. Uh, check out the trailer. And then if you can find the film, check it out because it may not be playing near us. So you can let us know how it yeah. is. Um, all right. Episode That's 316, it. guys, lock it down. It's in the books. Put it in the books. We really did it. David, <laughs> <laughs> David Huntsberger, well. where can people see you do your Don Knotts one-man show? <laughs> uh, I'll be taking my traveling Don Knotts. <laughs> At the Limpet Theater? <laughs> the Limpet Theater. Now, it's a Don Knotts baseball instructional. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's called uh, Knuckleball, the Don Knotts story. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it just follows his life and a little tale of the Mr. Limpet. And yeah. he kind of regretted that. I don't mm. know if you knew that. A, a, a single A baseball coach. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, I will be where um, at Cobbs in San Francisco. All oh, the night. junk show. If you live in Los Angeles, come out to that. It's monthly. Variety. I've done that. You've show. done it. Character. Graham did a character. Come back and do stand up. Come do. So if you have shorts, show shorts and animation and there's magic. It's a variety of things. People telling stories. Um, that sounds great. I'll bring a short film. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Do it. It's, really, it's, a, it's a place for people to not only showcase stuff, but get some live audience reaction. And then mm-hmm. it's real fun. And that's the second Sunday of every month at the Copper Still. And then I'll be at, uh, the, at Cobbs in San Francisco, May 27th through 29th with El Madrigal. Nice. And I'll be, oh, be at uh, Bridgetown in Portland, uh, June 1st through 3rd. Nice. Great. Um, cool. I am working in uh, Vegas this week at Improv at Harris, April 19th to the 24th. I'm doing a uh, National Association of Broadcasters panel on Wednesday the 20th. So if you're at NAB this week, uh, I'll be there. It's through Digital LA. It's like, a, I think it's about, I'm sure it's about podcasting. It is, <laughs> but it's, uh, um, and then uh, we're doing Pop Divas uh, Monday, May 9th at the Lab at the Improv. That's episode two with Joe Wagner and I. Uh, that's a six o'clock show. That's their happy hour thing. It's free. And then um, Portland, Oregon. I'm headlining May 12th, one night only at the Helium Comedy Club. Uh, so check that out. It's the first time I've headlined there in several years. Uh, so go to Helium Comedy Club. And then Irvine, California. I'm headlining one night at the Irvine Improv, um, May 22nd. Um, so check that out. Uh, those are my dates. And then, uh, I'm also in Chicago at, um, the Zanies in St. Charles, the 6th and 7th of May. So check those dates out. Very cool. I've been still doing my, uh, podcast blitz. I was on a crab feast that just dropped today as well. Uh, I'll be doing Geekscape, uh, Will Anderson's podcast and, uh, a couple other ones that still haven't dropped yet. Like Kira Sultanovich just hasn't dropped yet. Um, but some really, uh, really fun discussions. We talk about, uh, on Crab Feast to talk about how, um, I had a little ghost encounter on my honeymoon in uh, England it was really, uh, cause you know, they, <laughs> nice. they prompt you for, uh, for stories. I'm like, oh yeah, I do have a ghost story. <laughs> so it's a, it was a really fun wow. discussion. They, um, and of course, uh, check out the Kickstarter. It's time is running out. Tick, tick, tick. And I uh, <laughs> very much appreciate the support. 
Uh, one last thing, if I can, sure. at, at sure. davidhunsberger.com. Uh, there are other stand-up dates later on in the summer. And I have a, we were talking about animation. I have a, an animated stand-up special that you can stream there uh, through Vimeo. And there's also a DVD that has two versions, stand-up and animation, and then just an animated version. Nice. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. All right, guys. <clears throat> All my tour dates at grandma.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter. Uh, and, of course, go to ComedyFilmNerds.com, iTunes, the whole shot. Like us, follow us. Yes. Always helps. Uh, and LA Podfest, September 23rd through the 25th. Oh, uh, that's it. Thank you, David. Thanks, uh, fellas. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han Shot first. <laughs> <laughs>